Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Russ N., and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, August 26, 2022. Today we're reading from the big book. We're in There's a Solution, page 24, the second paragraph. And we're reading one paragraph, starting with the almost certain consequences, um, ending that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. All right, today's readers are the 12 steps we have Sandra Owen, the 12 traditions Joanne L. First reader, reader of the text is Darnine H. Page 164 is Anne Marie M. Our backup reader is Tenzin P. Newcomer readers Loretta M. And second hour host is Janice P.M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, August 25th, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Is uh, meeting is 19,331. That's 19331. The 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 19,332. 19332. The OA preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, the carrot's message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. I have a vision for you big book study. Our message is that, that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So Sandra is going to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning. This is Sandra L. I'm a compulsive overeater from Georgia. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to be of service, and everybody have a great day. All right. Thank you, Tanda. Next up is Joanne L. with the uh, the Traditions. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) Thanks, Russ, for your service. Good morning. I am Joanne L. from Rhode Island, compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, a common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. In 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much, and I thank Leah for letting me do service today. I pass. Excuse me. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share, keep your share to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers, it's six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does, does <clears throat> excuse me, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. 
Today we resume our study in the big book. There's a solution, page 24, the second paragraph, and it starts with almost certain consequences, and you can read that all the way through and share on keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. And so who I have Darlene. Darlene is going to share, read and share on this. Good morning. This is Darlene H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Georgia. The almost certain consequences that follow taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter us. If these thoughts occur, they are hazy and readily supplanted by the old threadbare idea that this time we shall handle ourselves like other people. There is a complete failure of the kind of defense that keeps one from putting his hand on a hot stove. Oh, this, I I resemble this paragraph for sure. It just brings up a lot of of memories for me. Um, Before I had an understanding that I had an allergy of the body and an obsession of the mind, I could not tell you why I did it. And this is while I was in Overeaters Anonymous, because I never explained myself to anybody. I didn't talk about my weight, my body, my problems with food. I just I didn't talk about it until I came into the um, 12, the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. And uh, any time I broke my absence, and somebody would ask me well, why did you do that? I'd be like, I don't know. I didn't even think about it. It just happened. You know, I, I never I never said, oh, the food fell into my mouth, but it would be literally like I could, I could walk by something and there would be absolutely no thought whatsoever. My hand would reach out and it would be in my mouth. And I'd be as blown away as the next person that, that it happened. Um. However, you know, there's uh, in Bill's story, one of the things that really resonates with me in terms of my thinking is when he's watching people jump from, you know, towers after the the stock market crashes and he thinks, you know, how dumb of them tomorrow, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll turn this around, obviously I'm paraphrasing. Like, yeah, I just kept on thinking, I got, I, this is nothing, I'll figure it out, it'll be fine. I'll just pick myself up and move on. I didn't know I, I was powerless over uh, the power of food that it had on me and my body and especially my mind. Um, I didn't think that that was even possible. Today I'm well aware that uh, as long as I stay in the steps, have a connection with a power greater than myself, abstain from my alcoholic foods, be of service, to others, that I have all the power because my power is within me. My God is within me, and it helps me uh, as long as I stay close. I, I, I'm so grateful that I stuck around in this program long enough to learn these things and to actually uh, take the action in order to live this life that I get to live today, which is freedom. Freedom from the obsession 
um, and free, and I have a body today that works beautifully the way that God intended, and uh, I'm incredibly grateful for that. Thank you all for letting me share. I pass. Thanks, Darlene. So we're going to open up the lines for sharing, and although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day uh, so others can share their experience too. Uh, so Wednesday or Thursday, if you shared, please step back. My other fellows get a chance to share today. So who would like to share on this paragraph? Anne-Marie M. Melissa Jen A. Anne-Marie. All right, Melissa. And Jen, I got you, Jen. Bonnie. Christina L. Amy G. Christina L. There's someone after that. Amy G. Amy. Amy G. All right, that's it. Let's take a couple more. Anybody anybody else? We, we got, we're on the roll. We're on the roll. Okay, now that I said that. <laughs> All right, we got a good list. We got Anne-Marie M. We got Nancy Melissa P. C. Ah, uh-huh. I had to get Nancy in there. So Anne-Marie M., Melissa C., Jen A., Bonnie B., Christina L., Amy G., and Nancy P. All right, Anne-Marie, you're up. Okay, good morning. Thank you so much, Russ. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, this pro- this paragraph I can relate to. Um, I'm Anne-Marie, uh, uh, recovered through God's grace and by working the steps. I am a recovered compulsive overeater and so grateful for that to be to be recovered. Um, you know, I have in my notes here, um, and I'm in South Carolina. Okay, got all that said. Uh, my mind tells me a lie and I have no memory of the consequences. And the word supplanted, I had looked up, and it's having been replaced or taken over by someone or something else. And that something else is is my disease, I believe. I just do not remember what it was like the last time that I had a binge and that I couldn't stop, you know, when I went out in the middle of the night to get get food, to hide from my husband. Um, It was my idol. You know, the compulsive eating was my idol. I'm not going to say any certain food item, but that compulsive eating was my idol. I looked to that for comfort, for ease and comfort. And, you know, I, I don't want to have that as an idol. It's, it's, um, it's, it's like the devil, you know, for me anyway. Um, and the failure complete failure of the kind of defense, um, like putting my hand on a hot stove. It, it, it makes no sense, but this disease makes no sense to me. I don't remember what it was like. And for me, it's like having amnesia. Part of this disease, which, which I, this is my thought, um, part of the disease is having amnesia. And it's amnesia of what this food does to me. I only remember what it did for me. And it only did that for me for a little while when I was younger. It, it did it for a short while, gave me ease and comfort, and then it turned on me. And I needed it. I had to have it. Um, so I'm going to pass with that. Thanks so much, Russ. All right, there, Marie. 
Next up is Melissa C., followed by Jen A. Hey, thanks, Russ. Thanks so much for your service this morning. Good to hear you. I'm Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And you know what really grabs me this morning when I read this is the almost certain consequences. Like I highlighted almost. Um, you know, they don't crowd into my mind to stop me. And, you know, why not? Because my disease comes in with the with this almost. With You know, it doesn't... It doesn't come to call on me with a cupcake. Like, that's not how this disease gets its toe in the door. But it comes to to my door. You know, it knocks on my door um, with a very small, like, seemingly small, seemingly harmless thing. Like, for me, a decision to change something that I'm going to eat, you know, or just don't measure something this time. And... And what it does is it kind of whispers, like, shh, just keep it between us, Melissa. Like, don't tell anybody. You're, you know, you're so spiritual now. You're so neutral. You ought to be able to just do this with you and God. And, you know, um, or it says, like, you ought to be able to handle this, like, other OA folks that you know that don't need that level of discipline. And no, no offense if that's you. That's just not me. And, you know, um, or it says, like, you're in a normal-sized body now, and you've been this way for years. And so, like, why is it I don't defend myself from the hot stove? Because, like, that stove is just warm to the touch. Like, that's what it's like for me at first. It's just a slightly warm stove. And, you know, what my experience and what I've, like, witnessed in others, sadly I've witnessed this in others, is that, this disease is cunning and it's evil, so it lets us get away with something, you know, perhaps a couple of times before it keeps, you know, before it moves in. And while you're getting away with it, you keep the secret and you get dishonest and you feel fraudulent. And that's when the stove, for, you know, goes from warm to like an all-rip-roaring flame. And, you know, the crazy thing is I'm gonna I'm going to share this. And none of this, like, sometimes it's like, why am I even saying it? Because none of it's going to come to mind for any one of us in the moments when it should. Because I have no ability to recall this or even believe that it applies to me because that would mean I have a mental defense, right? But what I have today is not a mental defense. I've got a profound alteration in my attitude and in my personality. And what happens is through these steps, I create connection and fellowship, and I seek discipline and structure, and God is my guiding force. I crave God, and I have the grace of God to defend me from warm stoves, warm stoves, hot stoves, secrets with my food. They don't tempt me today, and that's only the grace of God. And um, with with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Melissa. Next up is Jen A., followed by Bonnie B. Good morning, Russ. Thanks so much. This is Jen A. Recovered here in Colorado. Thank you, God, for this daily recovery that you give me. Wow, 23 to 43. We're still talking about the mind. (laughs) It's a lot of pages. And this page for me is the powerless page. I have to remind myself that I am powerless. And yesterday we talked about the willpower, right? Like willpower. I have the will to do this and the power to carry it out but I don't really, 
I need to put my, you know, my will needs to be put down. I need to stop doing these things and access a power greater than myself. And that's what the big book taught me. But when it came to doing this, like I had been sitting in the rooms for about 11 months and I heard this. And, um, you know, something had come up for me and you guys call it the buildup of human emotions. Like life happens. And, you know, the next thing I know, I'm at a convenience store and not one, but two, but three, six later with bakery bags and boxes in my passenger front seat, binging my brains out on stuff I hadn't eaten in five years. And I'm going to meetings and I'm memorizing your slogans and I'm keeping on coming back. I'm not being sponsored. I haven't picked up the big book yet, you know, and I don't have a food plan, but I think I'm doing the work. And let me just tell you that I'm so glad that this, um, big book study uh, on the wine table vision for you teaches that there is a solution and that we go through this book because what I'm hearing today is exactly what happened to me the consequence guess what happened yeah I don't even remember it that consequence the outcome huh, no big deal I'll just pick up the food nothing bad's really gonna happen oh something really bad happened you know what I lit up the allergy but what happened before that my mind and I have no defense against my mind you know, um, I, I would like to say that I have personal determination and the, bil the ability to say, oh, I'm not going to do it. Oh, you know, I can say, oh, that person's not like me. No, I, have, I, I don't have that. And so what do I need? I need the defensive system. That's what it's talking about on this page. Like defense on the last paragraph, defense on this paragraph. What's my defense today? Thank you, God, for being by my side. Thank you, God, for being there every step of the way. Because when the going gets tough, every time it's back to God, back to God, back to God. And when I'm running a one through seven with my sponsor and writing down inventory, six and seven and turning it back over to the Father of Light who presides over me, who has given me everything I've ever needed, that's where it's at. And I'm experiencing that today, even after five years of entire abstinence from not exercising, not binging, not purging, not sticking myself with needles and drinking fancy potions, my mind still heats up. It's still there. I'm never going to be able to shut my mind down. So I'm so grateful that, you know what, that this consequence, yeah, I might not remember it, but I'm always hopefully going to remember that I have God. So I'll take God with me today over everything. That's my solution. The 12 steps, the 12 traditions, this big book, and a God bigger than myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Jen. Next up is Bonnie B, followed by Christina L. Good morning, everyone. Bonnie B, gratefully retired from Minnesota. I'm not sure how to follow up on those shares. Wow, amazing. Um, yeah, what is, the, what is the deal for me if I don't remember? And I go right straight back to why. Everything was always why. Why can't I remember? It doesn't, again, it doesn't matter why I can't remember. I can't remember. And the answer for me is what everyone else said, intentionality. If I stay connected to my God and I work the steps, and the steps for me are 10, 11, and 12 with a heavy emphasis on, um, well, actually 10 and probably, well, actually all three of them. Um, I stay very close to my God and I do a lot of service. And I do the service so I remember through other people what it was like because I do not have a memory. When you get to your, when you get, or for me, when I got to my ideal body weight night and I was here for months, that my disease said, you don't need to. And that is a lie. 
for me, that is a lie straight from the pit. Because if I do not stay in the middle of the herd, if I do not do service, if I do not connect to God, I will be back in the middle of this thing because it's a thinking disease. I am free to choose, but I'm not free from the consequences of my choices. Not me, not with my DNA. And God has given me an answer. And the only way that I can crowd it out of my, you know, it says here, um, um, the consequences that follow taking even a glass of beer do not crowd into the mind to deter me. The only way that it can get into my mind is if my mind is filled with other stuff. My mind has to be cleared. If my mind is clear, and that's doing the steps, that's turning things over all the time. If my mind is clear and God is on the throne and he is at the center, then I have a defense. But if I don't, I don't have a defense. And I used to try so hard to figure out why I didn't have a defense. It doesn't matter. He has given me, you know, the steps, the program. God has given me the gift of the solution and its intentionality for me. It's intentionality in living in 10 through 12 on a daily basis, dying to myself and putting other people first. If it's convenient, it's probably not sacrifice. This program requires that we sacrifice daily. I can't keep it if I don't give it away, but the greatest joy that I've ever found is the gift of giving it away. And the thing that I came in for, which was to get to a healthy body weight and be sane in my mind, is the byproduct of living in a place of service. And so it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter anymore to me why I can't. I just know that I can't. I've accepted, I've surrendered, and I'm grateful for the solution for me today. And that is by going back to God intentionally and being of service to others. And I thank you so much. Thank you, Russ. Thank you, everyone, for your shares. And I look forward to the rest of the shares. Have a blessed day, you guys, and I'll pass. Thanks, Bonnie. So before Christina jumps up on here, let me let you know where we're at. We are in there. The solution page 24, the second paragraph. And we're just sharing on that paragraph the almost certain consequences. All right, Christina, you're up. Good morning, Russ and everybody here. Thanks so much for your service and um, everybody for being here. And, oh, my gosh, yeah, the shares this morning. I so needed this. (laughs) Um, And uh, I am just so grateful for where we're at right now because – You know, I'm going through some really, really hard stuff right now, and uh, it's bringing up a lot of emotions that have been buried for years. And, um, you know, I learned recently, well, not recently, it was probably about a year ago, that the human body has about 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And when you do the math and you figure out how many thoughts are even going through your mind in a minute, it is really scary. And, um, you know, I'm coming up on a year of, you know, well, it has been a year since I started getting into relapse and stuff. I was in relapse last year, um, a lot longer than I had realized I was. But, um, you know, I, I remember back to when I did pick up that substance and there was no, there was no idea. There was no thought in my mind, like, this is not a good idea. There, there, it was very readily hazy and supplanted, like the big book says. And, um, but that didn't even stop me. Um, like everybody else, like, I don't know why I did it. Um, and right now where I'm at personally, um, you know, I have no desire to pick up the food. I don't want to pick up the food. 
But that doesn't mean that I'm not having those thoughts because they're really, really subtly in my mind, even though I don't necessarily hear them audibly. Um, I, I'm picking it up in the way that I'm, I'm looking at different things and, and um, or seeing advertisements and stuff like, hmm, maybe that would be a good idea to go, go um, participate in their grand opening and bring, bring something home for my son and my, my husband and everything. And, you know, it was all, and it's just like, no, we're not going there. Um, so that just tells me that, you know, I've got to double down on my work in this program even harder and just do the work, 10, 11, and 12, turn it over, um, be of service, sponsor, um, and just keep just keep on keeping on um, because otherwise, you know, I know what will happen. It will get to be too much like that buildup of human emotions, and I'll go back to the food, and, and I'll be beaten on the bar, like, why did I do it this time? Or not the bar, the steering wheel. Um, and uh, so I'm just really grateful. I'm really grateful for the reminder of these paragraphs and uh, grateful for where I'm at today. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much for letting me share. Have a great day. Thanks, Christina. Next up is Amy G, followed by Nancy P. Thanks, Russ. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, so much for such an awesome meeting. Yes, you know, we're in, there is a solution, but if we don't know what the problem is, right, how do we know what the right solution is? So this is the affectionately named powerless page. And why, to me, this is so important is because it reinforces again and again the cutting and the baffling nature of this mental obsession. Right, we have an abnorm I have an abnormality of my body when I, when I start eating, I can't stop, but it's because the abnormality of my mind, the mental obsession that I can't stop from starting, and this shows me why because it shows me what my thinking is, and it shows me the varying and cunning different ways that my thinking and my mental obsession gets me to think that putting that compulsive bite in my mouth is the best idea that I have all day. And, and, and I learned in OA that, and working the 12 steps, that, you know, picking up that compulsive bite is not the beginning of the binge, it is the end, right? That there are many, many things going on before I pick up that first bite, i.e. my insane thinking. And, and I had to understand, you know, why do we eat? It talked about in the doc op when we went through it, restless, irritable, and discontent, seeking that sense of ease and comfort. That is always going to be at the beginning of my relapse. But what the relapse does in the mental obsession is what we're reading about in these paragraphs. There's different ways. There's not just one way that I binged. There wasn't one way that my insane thinking went. Sometimes I had a threadbare idea. Let's not disappoint Aunt May. She worked so hard in making that cake for me. I have to have a piece of that. Threadbare, insane ideas. Sometimes I'd be pounding on the bar five bites sorry, pounding on the refrigerator door, for example, five bites into a binge going, you know, how the hell did I get here? There'd be some reason, insane reason, or no reason. And this whole thing about memory, we're talking about memory. The scariest binges for me is when I would be yelling at myself, almost watching myself in third person going, why are you reaching for that? You know what this does to you. I mean, I spent almost five years in OA. 
you know, learning all about what the illness was, doing all those things, and then finding myself binging anyways. And I'd be in a binge almost in third person going, don't, screaming in my mind, don't do this, Amy. Don't do this. This will kill you. I had plenty of memory, but that memory in and of itself and the torture and all of that stuff that I was telling myself was not sufficient to stop me from still putting that compulsive bite in my mind. And to me, that is the end all and be all of my powerlessness, because no matter what I knew, no matter what my will was, no matter what I remembered, my human experience, my willpower, my knowledge was not sufficient to stop my hand from reaching for that compulsive bite. And with that, I will pass. Thanks, Trust. Thanks, Amy. All right. Next up is Nancy P., and then we're going to take a new list. Hey, good morning, Russ. Thank you for letting me share. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P., recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. So um, <clears throat> there are no almosts in my life, especially, certainly with regards to this work. There's no such thing as a slip, no such thing as a one and done, um, and especially no such thing as a one and done with regards to working the steps. I can never forget um, once I learned, you know, never say that Nancy P. can't learn anything. It only took me five decades to learn that, I, that, there, that those things are true, that there are no almost and there's no such thing as one and done. And, um, you know, I have to do all these steps every single day. And if I'm not doing all the things every single day, then I might as well just r- drive right over to Dunkin' Donuts and dive in. Um, I didn't think I had anything in car- I went to meetings. I went to so many meetings. I did service. I, you know... I did, you know, I got involved in organizing things, and um, that didn't do it for me. I had this threadbare idea um, that I was going to somehow game the system. Um, And today, that threadbare idea is in the goodwill bag uh, going off to the thrift store for people that can handle food however they want it. Um, You know, how's it going for you, Nancy P., doing it your way? Not well, or I wouldn't be doing all these things every day that I do, um, that I need to do to, to stay sane. And then it talks about complete. And this book is full of complete stuff, you know, absolute, entire, complete, utter, and nothing. Those are my five most important words in the book. And what that means to me is I have to be absolutely, completely, entirely, utterly on board, and nothing can get in the way or I'm doomed. And finally, 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 I'm, 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 I believe that that's the truth for me. And I'm not seduced by um, these, not, I'm not seduced by food at all. That's no longer an issue. But my thinking can sometimes be um, squishy. And I'm super, you know, Windex and toothbrush to get, out, get it out in the corners. Like I scrub it all out as soon as I can. Um, and I do that on a daily basis by doing my 11-step inventory, I stay on the phone, I sponsor, I do all these things. Um, But it's all about defense. And other people were talking about defense. And, um, you know, it reminded me because we were talking about basketball, well, you know, briefly about basketball. That's all they do. They scream out, defense, defense, you know. And that's what I need. I need defense. And how can I stay in touch with the defense? It tells me in the book. Stay close and perform the work well. And if all I do is stay close, I could sit, sit on a mountain with, in the lotus position, 
for a year. And if I don't do anything, if I don't do any work, I might as well come down off that mountain, get in my car, and drive right over to Dunkin' Donuts. On the other hand, if all I do is the work, which is what I did do, all I did was the work, yep, then I have no chance either. So what's the solution? Starts with S, rhymes with surrender. Surrender, surrender, surrender. Thanks. All right, Nance. Thanks a lot. All right. So we're going to open it up for sharing again. Page 24, there's a solution to the second paragraph. If you share it on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, please step back while all of us get their shot and express what they're feeling on, on this paragraph. Who would like to share Hi, on this? Katie hey, G. Katie from Boston. Katie G. Katie G. Tennessee. There was someone else. Elena. 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 Is it Lee? Susan L. Susan. Who else? There was was one in between Katie and Shannon that I I know I missed. So let's see see who would like to take that. All right, Sandy, I got you. But there was there was someone in there. I know I I don't think it was Sandy. What's our time? We might be cutting it close. All right, let's just go with this. Harlan G, Katie G, Shanna C, Elena, Lee H, Susan L, and Sandy F. Harlan, you are up. Start one, Har. I hope that does it. Okay, thanks, Russ. Yeah. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are talking about the mental blank spot. The mental blank spot is the sidekick, the evil sidekick of the mental twist. And the mental blank spot is that built-in forgetter. Now let's take a look at November 11th, 1934. It's a very, very beautiful autumn day in New York. It's in the 70s, high 70s. Bill Wilson gets some money from his wife. And his wife says, Bill, you haven't been golfing for a while. Take advantage of this day and go golfing. And he grabs his clubs and says, thanks, Lo, I don't mind if I do. Now, in April of 1934, Bill's second hospitalization Lois has been informed that Bill is going to die or be insane and have to go to an asylum. He's going to have to be either locked up or buried. And between April of 1934 and November 11th of 1934, Bill is bone dry. He's dry drunk. He's not in recovery. He's just not drinking. He gets on the bus with his golf clubs and off to the golf course he goes. But the golf course is at the end of the line. And he meets a man with a rifle that's going skeet shooting at the end of the line. And they strike up a friendship, and they're talking on the bus, and the bus has a traffic accident. And they go to a bar. Bill doesn't drink. And Bill is explaining to this man why he's not drinking, because he's an alcoholic. And drinking has ruined his life. And he's explaining it to this man. At the end of the line, they don't want to give up their conversation. And they say, hey, before you golf and before I skeet shoot, let's have some lunch. 
so they go to a nearby place and they're having lunch and Bill Wilson and this guy are talking and it's November 11th and it was at that time not called Veterans Day it was called Armistice Day because the World War 1 armistice had been signed November 11th 1917 bartender walks in after bill has concluded his lecture on why he can't drink with two glasses of beer and says hey are you guys veterans? And Bill said, I'm from the artillery and I'm from Vermont. The other guy says, yes, I served in the Navy. Puts down two glasses of beer. With everything Bill has just told this man, and with the threat of an insane asylum commitment, he drinks the beer. The guy says, after everything you've told me, you must be crazy. Bill says, I must the next memory Bill will have is being picked up by Lois on the stoop at 182 Clinton, dead drunk. That is the mental blank spot. With that, I will pass. Thanks. Thanks, Arf. Next up is Katie G, followed by Shanna C. Hey, Russ. It's Katie G. Good morning, everyone. KG, compulsive eater, anorexic, and bulimic. Thank you all for your beautiful shares. You know, <clears throat> it talks about hazy, right? Like mental obscurity and confusion. So in step one, I surrender to the fact that I'm a distinct entity, right? Like I have no power, no choice, and no control around the food, around exercise, around binge eating, around all these food and addictive food behaviors. And yet I can be walking around and have a commitment, like I need a short leash. When KDG goes to exercise, I commit to God, my sponsor, my dietitian, and my husband because I am powerless. And yet, I don't want to be a distinct entity. So the delusion that I'm like a normal person is very seductive. So I can think, gee, you know what? I told my sponsor I wanted to go for a walk. I told her I was going to go for a walk. Should I tell her how long? No. It's just going to be a pretty walk. It's just going to be a pretty, pretty walk by the ocean. It might be five miles, but it's going to be a pretty, pretty walk. It is so seductive. And I remember thinking, it's just one day on the scale. It's just one little dishonesty. And the worst part was, I was so disconnected from God that I thought, go screw over ears anonymous. I need my happy thought. And my happy thought it's not eating. It's being thinner than you. So don't be jealous. Don't be hating. I'm going to go exercise. So my exercise went from, you know, 30 minutes a day to 45 to 90 to 120 to handing over my children to handing over my marriage. Like, what's it going to take? What is it going to take? And thanks be to God, today, I have a short leash and God is my defense. And God is my distinct entity. But there is not one day that I'm not on my knees praying the seven-step prayer, reminding me, reminding me, God, help me not be dishonest. Help me not be untrustworthy. Help me not be deceitful. Help me know that when I want a happy thought that's not you, that I go to you, that I cling to you. By what? By getting out of myself by returning the grocery cart that I don't want to return, right? By picking up the laundry and putting away, by fitting myself to be of maximum service, not doing the sexy service that KDG wants to do, 
by doing the honest, sincere, truthful service. And when I do that, I get God. And I'll just wrap with this. The worst, scariest thing about this disease is it speaks in my voice. And it wants me dead. It will settle for me thin and eating. So I'm just so grateful that God is my happy thought today. I hope you can find him too. Thanks, Katie. Next up is Shanice, followed by Alana. Elena, I'm sorry, Elena. Good morning. This is Shanice from Knoxville, Tennessee, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Uh, very grateful to be on the line this morning and listening to everyone's shares and, and reading what we've read. I'm reminded again of the miracle that's happened in my life because I'm hearing all, and I'm identifying 100% with all the twisted thinking and and I mean, I'm just like, I, wow, wow. I, like, I couldn't be more grateful that I am abstinent today and have been. And, and all I know is that I didn't know what else to do when I got here. Um, I just absolutely did not. I was at the absolute end of my rope and I got on my knees. I've been in program for quite a while another program for quite a while and living in 10, 11 and 12 in that program and but could not understand why I couldn't <sighs> get a handle on this food thing. And, you know, I'm thinking back at my thinking prior, prior to this, this being beaten into a state of reasonableness is that I could read this very paragraph here and be like, yeah, you know, people that deal with food and, you know, they're just, it's just not as bad as the other things. You know, I can understand this with, 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 like, you know, the book says here, power, lost the power of choice and drink, or drink with no thread, their idea that we'll handle ourselves like other people. I could get it that that, the powerlessness over that, but not food. And, um, but then once I got to that point where I was like, no matter what, I, I can't, I can't even, I can't handle this. And I begged God for help. And I ended up, being able to just so happen to find the number for the Sunday special editions and just so happen to be able to listen to this woman who, who thought and felt like I did and who had recovered and had, had like 20 years of this. I couldn't believe it. I could make it a day. <laughs> and so um, I gave her a call and she just so happened to have an opening that week and um, I haven't found it necessary to pick up another another alcoholic food um, and been able to, to, to stay free. And then once we got through the steps, I, was, I started getting scared. I was like, how in the world? I mean, I'm at, a, I'm at a healthy weight now. How in the world is this going to be maintained? I've never been able to maintain anything, much less a healthy weight. Like, I, I've always been on a diet. Like, I don't know what, how not to be on a diet. She's like, just carry the message. You know, 10, 11, and 12. And that's it, you know. Um, and so that's what I do. I try not to overcomplicate stuff. You know, if my recovery depended upon me avoiding so many foods and stuff that other people are doing or whatever, you know, I, I, I don't know that I would have made it. I, it was very emphasized that my dependence is on God, that God is the one that enables me to follow this food plan and to do what I need to do. But at the same time, I had to use whatever resources I had and that willingness to right. do it. Thank you for whatever it is I had to do to stay away from that compulsive fight with God's help. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. And I thanks for everyone who shared this morning. I appreciate you all. That's it. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Shanna. 
Next up is Elena. Good morning. Uh, hey, guys. Good morning. Go ahead. Good morning, everyone. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You're good. So, good morning, everyone. My name is Elena C. from South Carolina. I um, so much appreciate um, this meeting, and um, the shares were amazing. So, I'm not sure what I, if I can contribute um, any to some, what was already shared, but um, some of the things that, I, that stood out for me from this paragraph is number one, of course, the mental uh, black spot and it was clear for me was there, um, but for me, um, in addition to what we said in the paragraph was like, you know, I go to Walmart and I get three chocolates and I eat the three chocolates and I'm done and then tomorrow I can start again and I'm not going to have those chocolates. So, and I totally forgot the day after that I was binging on chocolate and then I went again, got the, the same thing from Walmart. So, um, and, you know, today, though, here's the catch 22. I remember, I remember that. I remember that. But in order to remember is to wake up every morning and, you know, tap into my higher power, um, listen to a vision for you, listen to this meeting, to my meditation, a prayer, and reach out to other people and be of service and then 10, 11, and sponsorship and you know, my sponsees are taking a, uh, talking about their, their mental spot, a black spot. And, um, and I remember mine. And it is beautiful, you know, because uh, every time I go to sleep, something happens during the night when my brain, if, if I didn't kind of tap in my higher power, I wouldn't remember what I've been through, what I've done with food. So uh, thank you, God, for this program and what that I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, Elena. So we have about three minutes left, four minutes left. So Lee H. and Susan L., if you could take two apiece, two minutes apiece, that would be great. And Sandy, if you could hang on and jump on the next meeting. Sorry about that. All right, Lee, you're up. Thanks so much, Russ. This is Lee H., and I'm a recovering compulsive overeating eater from Tennessee, but presently in Colorado for a wedding for the weekend. And I, I really have an appreciation of all the people in Mountain Time and Pacific Time that get up and, and um, do this meeting in the dark. And I, I'm just telling you, I'm so grateful that I'm on this line this morning. I'm, my voice is shaking because I'm just realizing the powerlessness that I feel this morning because I'm already the drama has started with the family and just having conversations and um, just these feelings are really coming up. And I just woke up this morning just, just you know, help me, God, help me. 
get through this weekend. And um, then I realized, well, you know what? You can you can get on the meeting. It'll be five o'clock in the morning, but that's okay. I was already up, and I'm so thankful to hear all the shares this morning. And I too, it's like I just I have no memory, and even if I could remember, it doesn't work. And you know, I'm just completely defenseless without the help of my higher power who has given me the gifts of this program and the principles of these steps that keep me safe and protected. And so I'm just using all my tools this weekend. I downloaded the OA, I mean, AA app, so that I've got the big book on my phone and I've taken on a new sponsee and, you know, worked with her in the airport yesterday morning. And so those are the kind of things that I'm just so grateful for. So thanks to everybody for a great meeting, and I'll pass. Thanks, Lee. Susan L., you are up. You're going to be our last year. Hi, good morning. Can I be heard? Yep. Okay, good morning. This is Susan L. from South Florida. Um, you know, I, I listened this morning. I don't come to this meeting every day, but when I do, I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to be here this morning. Um, I, I don't know what to say exactly. I just wanted to share, I guess, to be a part of and to know that I can identify. Um, I am a, I am a recovering food addict, um, which for me means that mental twist when I'm eating. When I'm eating, I'm full of self-hate and self-loathing um, in my body you know, it turns into um, something that I don't want to be. You know, I weigh, weighed 300 pounds, and I don't today. I'm in a normal body size. Um, someone shared about, you know, the, the mental twist is this for me. I'm like, on, when I'm eating compulsively, there is no other place for my brain to go. All I want to do is eat sugar and flour, and that's all I do is eat sugar and flour constantly, all day. And the self-loathing is just poured into my body. Um, you know, like continuously, I have no way to get out of it. It is only with the 12 steps and 12 traditions in this program that I'm able to be free of that. I can say that I am at peace today um, with food. That's a miracle for me. It's like the burning bush for Moses was, you know, it's a true miracle because my normal state is to be eating sugar and flour 24 seven unless I'm sleeping all the time. That's all I could think about. Um, I've, I lived, I got a career, I married, I raised a family, but at the end of the day, that's all I wanted to do was eat. And I don't live like that today. I don't eat sugar and flour, which turns off the craving for me to continue to eat compulsively. I have to do that, um, not eat sugar and flour, and I have to say that. Um, that's what works for me so that I can carry on with a normal life. Um, I still have all problems like everybody else and things that go wrong and things that go right. But I don't eat today. And I'm so very grateful to be a part of this group, and thank you for letting me share. Perfect time. All right, Susan, thank you. Uh, she's going to be our last share. And thank everyone who shared and everyone who was part of this meeting through August on Fridays. Everybody did service. All right, please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Friday, August 26, 2022, is 19,334. So that's 19334. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164. 
uh, by serenity prayer. I ask Anne Marie M. to read a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestible. I don't hear anything. We don't hear you, Anne Marie. Ross, we don't hear you. It's because I'm muted. Sorry about that. Anne Marie, you couldn't hear the reading. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. So. Let's let's move on here. Um, so let's all press star one. Okay. Please. 